Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. I actually, I actually want to uh, bring a bit of correction from last Sunday. I said I misspoke on some things, and you know when I do something wrong, I have to ask for your forgiveness, and I have to correct it, okay? One of the things I said in last Sunday's message is that there were 14 apostles before before the resurrection that was not right that was not true there were 14 before Pentecost right so I want to correct that there were 14 apostles before Pentecost right because you had the 12 you had Matthias and then Jesus is the chief apostle that's 14 right then I also said there were 14 after Pentecost there's probably more than 14, but I can specifically pinpoint 10 according to the word of God. But there was one passage that used apostles with an S, but it didn't quite list them all. But I can show you 10 apostles by the word of God after Pentecost. Okay? I wanted to make sure I bring that correction, guys. Anytime I'm wrong. That's why I have to listen to my own messages and areas where I'm not right. I want to make sure I bring that correction. Okay? Everybody's, everybody's good with that? Okay, thank you so much for that liberty. Amen. Are you there in First Chronicles chapter 12? Um, normally, I don't just read one verse like this, but I just want to read uh, verse number one for this particular teaching, and then we're going to go right to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, and read those two passages there. Uh, the Bible says, now there were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, uh, the son of Kish. I don't have time to really go back and, 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 and teach you the whole premise of what was happening at this particular time. But just know that sometimes uh, when you get into a hard place, that's when you find people to turn their backs on you. Yeah, see, Ziklag was one of those places for David. And uh, but 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 maybe I'll preach on that another time. I feel like I have another assignment today. And so while he was a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish, and they were among the mighty men. Say those, those next words with me. Helpers in the war. Right. Helpers in the war. See, one of the things uh, we, we got to have is help. Uh, there was never meant to be supermen and superwomen in the church that we all need each other. And we're all helpers in this war. You better understand that we got a war to fight. Because the devil is not going to fight us fair, so why should we fight him fair? Amen? And I'm glad that I don't have a fair God. I got a righteous God. I got a holy God. Amen? And so we need help. If we're going to be in this war together, we need help. Say it with me. We need help. And so God has called you here to be a helper in the war. In this war, guys, the enemy doesn't, doesn't care about titles. He don't care about your race. He don't care about your gender. He's going to beat you down until you submit. Amen? But when you get full of the Holy Ghost and you put that name on it, y'all know that name that I'm talking about, then he understands, oh, hold on. Yeah, this is the son I'm dealing with. This is the righteous. This is the blood wash. This is the redeemed that I'm talking about right now. So I can't just come and attack the redeemed like anybody else because they got some power. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, so we are helpers in the war. Say that with me. I am a helper, am a helper. In, the war. in the war. All right, go to Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah chapter 2. Let me find it real quick. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Are you here? All right. When you get there, say, I have it. Okay. Um, this is the building of the wall. Nehemiah came to build a wall. But I'm not going to get into all the cruts of what was going on. I just want to take 17 and 18, and then we're going to go from there. 17 says, then I said to them, this is Nehemiah. He said, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Verse 18 says, and I told them of the hand of my God, which was, had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, this is what the people said to Nehemiah for the building of the wall. They said, let us rise and build. So they got the word from Nehemiah. It was a word from the Lord. When Nehemiah gave the word, the people heard the word, and the people said, let us rise up and build. Let me tell you something. Nehemiah knew something that most pastors need to know, that you can't build by yourself. Right? The people have to be involved in this building process. Come on, somebody. Are you here with me? And then they set, they set their hands to do the work. So in other words, they allowed their actions to precede what they said. So they didn't just say, hey, let us rise up and build, and then they show up for church and they just look around and watch everybody else do the work. No, the Bible said they set their hands to do the work. Amen? And that's what God wants to do in each one of us. We, he, wants to, we wants, he wants us to do the work. Amen? Don't just hear the word. Be a doer of the word. Amen? So that's what this is talking about. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Uh, These are your people. This is your church. Father God, and I just pray that this word will edify, build up, and, and just mature your people today. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer to write on the hearts of this here, your people. Father, hide my flesh behind the cross of Calvary so that nothing but the purity of your word can come forth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, uh, to get back into the story with Nehemiah, uh, we're not only helpers in Chronicles, but we're also people that's going to be doing the work together. Nehemiah, when he got ready to build the wall, how many of you know there's always going to be opposition when you get ready to do something for God? Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, see, there was uh, three names, uh, uh, Sam Balat, that's how you say that, but some, most people say Sam Ballot, but it's Sam Balat, and, uh, and then that was, that was, that was uh, come on, who was the other one? Tobiah, right? Amen. And then there's also a third one, Gisham. So those guys came, they, they, they were in cahoots with one another because Nehemiah wanted to do something for God. He had, he had the word of the Lord, but he also had the king's permission. So in other words, to get the king's permission, that means you got the king's provision. And so that's why he called us kings and priests. See, there are some people who are going to be priests in the house of God, but some of you have a kingly anointing. That means that your anointing is for the marketplace, right? So you need priests and kings in the house of God, right? Because, because the priest has the vision, but the kings have the provision. And when you bring both of them together, man, there's no stopping. Amen. Am I in the right place? Yeah. Hey, okay. And so we, we have both. We have a priestly anointing and a kingly anointing in the house of God. So he had a word from God, but he also had the king's permission. And so he came in and said, look, we're going to have to do something here, guys. I see it's been decimated here. Uh, we got to build the walls back. Come on, saints of God. You know you got to have some walls if you're going to be a Christian. You just can't walk around with no walls. 
Amen. If you do, you're going to catch everything around you. Amen. And so he said, we got to do something. But he knew he couldn't do it by himself. But, but, but the moment, let me, I hope I help somebody here. The moment you get into position, expect opposition. Right? Because there's always going to be somebody to come and tell you, you can't do that. What do you mean? Why are you trying to do that? You, you, you don't have the right education. You didn't come up through the right, the right Bible college. You're a woman. You can't do that. You, you, you know where you came from, right? You're a man. What's wrong with you? Yeah, that might not be some of y'all, but I'll tell you what. But there's always going to be folks that come in your life, and sometimes it's the ones that's closest to you. No, I ain't going to talk about it. I'm going to keep on moving. Let's go to Ephesians. <laughs> Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We got to take heed how we build. Amen. I love this Bible. So we got to read more from the Word of God on Sundays, right? And not just give you a little text and then that's all you get. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 is where we're going to start reading. I'm going to start reading it while you turn there. It says, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See, see, God is putting a family together, saints. He wants us to be a family. We should organically connect, right? You should have some friends in the house of God. And, and, And you might say, well, how do I do that? Well, the Bible's clear. To have friends, (laughs) it's pretty clear, right? And so if you don't show yourself friendly, and you're looking toe up by the face all the time, (laughs) then not a whole lot of people going to be, you know, going to want to walk up to you. Amen? Y'all know that, right? Because you're like, oh, I don't know. It can go either way. (laughs) Right? And so your disposition can bring to you blessings or curses. And so people, people, show yourself friendly, guys. Uh, you should have a little joy about you. If you don't, stop quoting the scripture that the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's, that don't belong to you if you don't have any joy in you. Amen? Because listen, listen, let me just say this. It can always be worse. <laughs> Your life where it is right now, it could be worse than where it is right now. Amen? And maybe sometimes God is just trying to get your attention. Right? And he'll get it one or two ways, by revelation or tribulation. If you don't just catch it, God said, okay, I'll work out something for you. I'll put a little something, something together for you so you, I can get your attention. Amen. Verse 20 says, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Somebody said Jesus is the chief. 21 says, in whom the whole building, the whole building, we're talking about building something, saints of God. We're going to learn what that building is. Being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So Father is looking for a family. Jesus is looking for a body, and the Holy Ghost is looking for a temple. So, but, but we're all trying to come together in this thing, but the building is not a four-wall building that he's talking about here. The building he's talking about is his people. That's the building that we're building is his people. And so if you refuse to be built, if you refuse to mature, then what's going to happen is you will be substandard material. Okay, let me just go there then. Right? So, so I don't care how great of a foundation you have. 
I don't care how good the footing are. You put the footings in first, then you, then you build the foundation. The footing is the Father, the foundation is Jesus Christ. You got it? But on that, I've never, ever seen anybody try to put a roof on without some walls. If, if they did, boy, that is something, right? So what's going to hold the roof up, right? So there's a process to it. Amen, somebody. But how many of you know whoever built a house from scratch, you know what I'm getting ready to say? That you got a good foundation. You know it. You saw them pour it because you was watching them. Amen? And they built the house. But how many of you know, boy, those jokers are using some substandard material. Y'all yes. know what I'm talking about? You might not find it for six months. And you go, what in the world? You got nail pops. You got all kinds of stuff happening there, man. Look at that job right there. But they got stuff hanging and you didn't even see it when you walked in the house. Right? Because what they're trying to do is make money. So they'll, do, they'll give you substandard. Yeah. Oh, man, am I talking to the right folks here? Yeah. Amen. And so, so listen, it, it doesn't matter how good the foundation of Jesus Christ is. If you as a person, if you become substandard, uh -oh. and if we try to build off of you, then it doesn't matter how strong the foundation is. The building is still not going to be strong. This is why we got to build up the people of God so that you can know that I can hold up this. I got my own right here. Amen. So because he goes on to say in another scripture, I'm going to show you in just a second. We can't build on gold. We can't build on silver and hay. We got to build on the people of God that are mature. I don't mean to scream, but y'all know what I'm saying. Amen. I get so excited when I get into this kind of stuff. Is this making sense? Right. Because I was like, well, God, because I was looking around my own house. And I'm like, boy, I know them jokers fudge right here. Right there, why they coming back to do some stuff. Because I'm like, no, you're going to fix that. 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 Yeah, you're going to fix that. You're going to fix because I got a lane in my house. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, I don't believe. I don't care what you believe. You're going to fix that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Because we at that year point. Because after that year point, <laughs> you're on your own. And so, <laughs> and so you're going to fix everything. Somebody say air. You're going to figure everything up in here. Amen. So why? Because they build on substandard material. And see, we got to build on the solid rock of Christ, but I'm trying to build you up because you are the building that's trying to be built right now. Amen, somebody. And so the foundation is built by the apostles and prophets. That's foundational things right there. Uh, let me get into a little bit of that. Built on the foundational co-laboring ministries of apostles and prophets, not programs, not notoriety, not denominationalism. Not lukewarm, lightweight, cotton candy, feel-good homilies. That's not, you can't build on, you can have a good little message that you might get your goosebumps, but goosebumps don't mean you're maturing. All right? And so that's not what the church is going to be built on. It is built on the spiritual principles that are already laid out in the word of God. And we know that, well, let me just take you to some more word here. Y'all want that? Let me give you, well, let me, let me just do this. See, oh, did you get that picture? I know y'all taking pictures and stuff. You got that? Did I go too fast? Am I moving too fast? <laughs> <laughs> y'all come to my house, y'all see I joke like this all the time. So there, there being the apostle prophets position are beneath the building of the church, not above it. They are not exalted ministries, but supernatural undergirding ministries of the church. So in other words, if the apostles and prophets, that if Jesus Christ says that he's bringing in these ministries to build the church, 
That means we can only build from the ground up. We're not supposed to be up here trying to pull you up. We're undergirding ministries trying to push you higher. Does that make sense? So we're, this is not some hierarchical system where we, oh, I'm good, so you need to get better so you can be like me. No, no, no. This is a system where, you know what? I'm broken too, but listen, we all can go together. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right? And so that's what this is about. This is not some hierarchical um, uh, system that we're trying to set up here, but we're trying to make sure we understand when Jesus Christ sets something up, he set it up for good. So there's a lot that the Bible has to say about foundations. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 11, it says, No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we know that it's got to be the centrality of Jesus Christ has to be at the center point of all churches. Not man, not messages, not, not the praise team. It can't be because you make good songs. You build, a, you build a church on good songs. Or you build a church up because you got a healing ministry. It didn't say any of that. It said that you have to lay your foundation on Jesus. You got to know about Christ, who he is. Paul put it this way, him we preach. I don't preach denominationalism or racism. I preach Jesus. Right? Because Jesus can transcend race. Amen, somebody. I mean, just look at Azusa Street. Come on, man, yeah. this black brother was, was a son of a slave. A slave. Uh, his, his parents were slaves. But what happened? This brother got filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, in Azusa Street, 319 Azusa Street in L.A., read about it. Yeah. Yeah. The power, they said the power would hit that church so strong that the fire department would come because they thought the building was on fire. And what happened? Man, white people from all over the world started coming under one anointing. Yeah. Why? Because the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus marred the color lines. And that's what we need today. We need a move of God today. We need a move of God. See, this is not going to happen because of a good policy. This is going to happen because of a good God. Amen. So, so I'm sorry, man. I got up in there. I'm sorry. My bad. Psalms 11 and 3 says this. If the foundations are destroyed... <laughs> Well, what are you, you going to do? Right? If, if, if we don't have a sure footing on in whom we believe, Brandon says, who do you say I am? Yes. If you don't know who he is, then you don't have a sure footing in what you believe. Right. We got to have a solid foundation that Jesus Christ, he can save the world. Yes. That Jesus Christ can heal the sick and raise the dead. Yes. That Jesus Christ can change your situation. That that person is addicted, but boy, let me put Jesus on it. Come on. That, that person is homeless, let's pray for them right now. That person, that person is old and have dementia, come on, let's pray that they get their mind back because they got too much wisdom to die and go to the grave. Come on, somebody, this is how we're supposed to be praying. We're, we're not victims. We're victors, right? So you got to pray like you're a victor. Your prayer life should change knowing that. When you know that you are more than a conqueror, that you are an overcomer, then your prayer life should change because you begin to pray like you know God is getting ready to come through. You don't come up in there, oh, if it be your will. I know what your will is because I read your will. In the will it says that I shall be healed. It's in the will. Somebody says it's in the will. But if you don't read the will, you don't know what your inheritance is. That's why you got to say, oh, if it be your will because you really don't know. No, no, no. God says I am your peace. 
Come on. I am your comfort. He said, I am the great I am. Whatever you need, that's what I am. You need me to come in right now? I am the Lord who is there. Amen, somebody. Do you know him like that? See, Paul said that I may know him, not just in the power of his resurrection, but also in the fellowship of his suffering. Come on, somebody. That, that, this is Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, man, killed Christians. He, he knew about the blood of Jesus. It was his job to take you out. And you see how God can take somebody like that and turn their lives around. And you telling me that God can't take over the world right now and turn somebody's life around. He turned yours around. You ain't, you ain't so suchy much. He turned you around. Amen. He turned John Lawford around. I was a hard case. Amen. He, he can turn my life around. He can turn anybody's life around. Anybody's life around. That's why we got to pray and believe that God can do it. Amen. Let me give you another one here. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for what? A foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure, a sure whoever believes will not act hastily. So God in the Bible has a lot to say about foundation. Look at this one, Psalms 18, 22 and 23. The stone which the builders rejected has become what? The chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and what? It's marvelous in our eyes. Let me give you another one, Acts 4 and 11. Now, this is when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost. Come on, somebody. Peter, the one who denied Christ. You know, Peter, Peter, Peter was pretentious. Y'all know that. Same one. Peter had a propensity of writing a check with his mouth that his butt couldn't cash. Y'all know that, right? Peter, Peter was the one that said, Jesus, I don't care how many of these old backslidden jokers leave you. That's the John Lawson Bible. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't actually in the Bible. He didn't say that, but that's my Bible. Go with me. And so he said, I don't care about these backslidden jokers. I'm, I'm, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'll die for you. And Jesus said, yeah, you, you're going to die. Just not right now. It's not today. Well, you are. Amen. And, and guess what happened? Right after that, he denied Jesus three times. Amen. This is the same Peter that cut off ears. He sliced. He sliced Malchus's ear. Amen. That's, look, look, let me, let me just say this, though. I, 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 know, I know sometimes we talk about stuff like this, but I'm going to just say, um, it's all right to have some people like John in your ministry that's nice and loving and, you know, was at the feet of the cross. He didn't leave Jesus. He was with Jesus' mother, just real nice. But, man, sometimes we need some Peters in the house. Amen. I, I, sometimes I'm going to need some brothers that want to cut off some ears. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying literally. Y'all don't y'all, Why y'all looking at me like that? I'm not saying literally. I'm just saying, you know, you just got that kind of spirit that, look, here, I don't care. Come hell or high water, man. I ain't going nowhere. I got you, Pastor. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's good to have somebody in your corner like that. No matter what you do, sister, I got your back. No matter what you do, brother, I got your back. Listen, it's not over yet. I know this is a setback, but it's a setup, and all you got to do is take your setbacks and turn them into stepping stones. Amen. That's all you have to do. Amen? Amen? Come on, somebody. We need somebody. We need somebody that's ready to cut off an ear. Not literally. <laughs> we'll say that past him in the trail, talking about cutting off folks' ears. What kind of church is that? He's the cornerstone. In summary, Christ is the fullness. He's the foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. He is not only the head of the church, but he's the Lord of the church and the sinner. And the sinner. And the sinner of all things. Christ has to be the center. Church has to be all about Jesus. Yeah. 
It's got to be all about him. It can't be about that, all this other stuff that we're making. It can't be built on programs. You can have great programs, guys. I'm telling you, their church has got some wonderful programs. Heck of a whole lot better than the programs we got, for sure. Right? But, but programs is, is not a, 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 I mean, let me put it this way. You can have good programs, but programs that not, that won't necessarily change you. Amen. And then some got a good program because if you got a budget like that, then you can have good programs. You give me a two, four, five million dollar budget, I'll do some stuff. Amen. I ain't lying because I work with money every day, all day in the bank. So I can take some stuff and make some stuff out of it. Amen. And so I can, I can use a couple million dollars. I can do something. Amen. Right. And so, but, but that's not the case here because a lot of times you got people in those programs, they still broken. Mm-hmm. Marriages tore up. Yeah. Yeah. Fussing all the way to church. As soon as they get out of the car, they can hold a hand. Get back in the car. Didn't I tell you? Leave my hand alone. <laughs> you fronting. <laughs> Amen. Rubbing each other's back in church. Mm-mm. Stop all that foolishness. You ain't here to get God. You do all that at home. Amen. Hey, you ain't proving nothing. Oh, man, the thing just went sideways, didn't it? It, it just go sideways. <laughs> so y'all need to be praying a little bit harder for me. Hey, Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying? No, no, no fakery in the house of God. Be real. Hey, Amen. You got problems? Tell somebody. And listen, don't expect me and Elaine to somehow have divine osmosis. We don't know what's going on with you. The only way we know, you have to say, hey, listen, I got some problems. I ain't going to be sitting back, Lord, give me a word. I ain't got time for that foolishness. No, no, you got some problems, you come tell us. Amen? We'll talk it through, but we can't fix your marriage. I'm telling you that right now. We can't fix nobody's marriage. We can give you some tools, and you can fix your own marriage. You can fix your own life. We are not here to fix your life. We'll lead you to the person that can. Listen, there were four bearing one. Amen. There were four dudes. They carried one dude. They tried to go through the door, but the door was blocked by Christians. They couldn't get the dude to Jesus because Christians blocked the way. See, see, y'all getting me hot now, see. Y'all getting me hot. So, don't get in the way of somebody else trying to get to Jesus, is what I'm saying here. Amen? So they, these guys, they were persistent. They said, look, look, we're we going to lift you up. We're going to lift you up. In your time of need, we're going to carry you. We're going to lift you up, and we're going to get you to Jesus. Forbearing one. But check this out, guys. When they dropped him to Jesus, you don't hear about the four anymore. Why? Because at that, at that stage, it was up to him. All you can do is get people to Jesus. After that, you leave it alone because grown folk got to make their own decisions about Christ. Amen. See, the forbearing one, it reminds me of the four Gospels because when you read the four Gospels, it carries you to the presence of Christ. And we need somebody like that in our lives that are not going to tuck and run just because we're going through some stuff. We need people like that in the church. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just leave when the people need you the most. Amen. Listen, pray for the pastor that failed. 
He's just a man. That's all he is. Stop putting people up on the pedestal. They're just people. They're just people. Pray for them. They need your prayers. Amen? Pastors are killing themselves every month. Why? Because they're taking on too much. Listen, I'm not taking on your problem. I'm going to tell you all right now. Let me, let me help you all out. Let me walk like basic skanks on you up in here. <laughs> y'all, unless you watch Greenleaf, you ain't going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got to watch Greenleaf to know what I'm talking about on that one. <laughs> Let me walk like basic skanks on you right now, boy, because <laughs> my bad. Y'all going to have to, y'all got to pray a little harder for me, ain't lying. I just, <laughs> I don't even know what I was about to say. <laughs> so I'm going to just say right now, <laughs> I'm not going to take on your problems. Jesus said that's a sin. You ain't supposed to be taking care of nobody else's problems. He said, cast your cares on me. You're not even supposed to carry your, child, your children's problems. He said, cast your cares on. Put them on Jesus. Amen. You know why we're so depressed and got so much anxiety and high blood pressure? Because we're carrying stuff we shouldn't be carrying. Amen? All right. So, all right. Jesus got to be the center of all things. Now, let me transition a bit here because I want to show you something. Now, remember that statement right there. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Is this making sense at all, guys? We, we got to build a strong foundation. But now I got to transition a bit. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple of passages here. I'm going to go ahead and start reading for the sake of time. Matthew 4, 18. And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you. You see the, you see the, you see the terminology. He said, follow me and I will make you. Notice he did not say, I'll make you if you follow me. Follow first. In other words, you have to make a decision first. The word follow is an action word in Greek. And Greek words have an action, a voice, and a mood. It's an action word, but it's an imperative mood, which means he's not inviting you to, he's commanding you to. Follow me. It was imperative. And I'll make you. So this is the decision point right here. Right? So, so, so he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately did what? They left their nets. They left what they were doing, but they were already doing something when Jesus called them. Come on, somebody. If you ain't doing nothing now, why should he call you to do something? You need to be busy now doing something. These guys were already casting their nets, so they knew how to fish. They were already busy. You need to get busy doing something. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when Jesus tells me, you won't do anything for Christ. You need to get busy doing something right now. They had to drop what they were doing so they can follow Christ. Okay. Then it goes on to say, verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, doing what? 
mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. They were, they were mending their nets. Now, I got to talk a little bit about this because it's important to understand about net mending. Uh, one of the things that the Lord has been expressing to me, I haven't quite got all the revelation behind it yet, but there's a problem with the net. There's a problem with the net in the church. See, if, if you have a net that's not mended, then you can't catch fish. So we got a problem in the church because the net is not mended. Okay? What I mean by that is, if the net has holes in it, how can you catch fish? Or if the net, if the material, bless you, if the material in the net is substandard and it's easily broken, then the fish don't get caught. They go through the net. Amen. So we know that the net is God's people. Right? So if the net is God's people, then the net needs to be mended. In other words, God's people need to be mended. Okay. Are you with me here? So in the natural, let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. In the natural, I found all of this out when I didn't know nothing about mending nets. So in the natural, to mend the net, this is what they had to do. They had to spread the net out to dry. They, they had to inspect the net. They had to make sure the net was, they had, to, they had to make sure there were no holes in it. Oh, my God. They had to make sure there was no brokenness in the net. They had to inspect the net. You, are you here with me, saints? Yeah. They had to wash the net with fresh water because they had been out there in water that was filthy. They had to wash the net in fresh water. They had to wash. Come on, saints. God, we got to be washed sometimes. Because we, we're walking in the filth of the world. So sometimes we got to come back and wash by the washing of the word. We got to make sure that our net is going to work. Right? So they had to wash the net. My God, I hope y'all seeing this with me. They had, they had to repair all the holes. My God. They had to retie the threads. You know, when you got a lot of brokenness, sometimes you got to retie some stuff. Good graces of life. They had to clean it from all of the debris. Because, you know, when we're walking in the world, we pick up a lot of stuff. Come on. We pick up stuff, stuff from, from religious churches. And sometimes you have to go through detox because what you thought was right wasn't right. Oh, ah, see, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to drift on to something else. They, they, had, they had to sift through it for damage, and they had to do this daily. That's why I said, if you refuse to do the mundane, you could miss out on your miracles. Amen. See, if you refuse to inspect the net, the net is me. If I refuse to inspect myself, and I got a lot of brokenness inside of me and weakness inside of me, I got a lot of struggles that I don't want to talk to anybody about, I can't be an effective net to win the men. And so if we inspect ourselves, guys, ladies, you know when you got problems. You need to sometimes just break down and say, I got to talk to somebody. I got to get some help. Right? And if you don't get proper help, you can't be a helper in the war. This, this I believe, is, is the fundamental issue that we have to deal with in the church right now. Because when you got a church full of babies, the net won't work. Because babies cry out. 
and when they don't get their way. Oh, man, see, 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 that service too long. Ah! Yeah, me church. I can't believe they singing another song. Ah! They worship too much in this church. Ah! I can't believe they laying hands again. Ah! Yeah, me church. I showed you the video last Sunday called Me Church. Right? I want church my way. Listen, listen, that first one got me when the lady said, listen, I want church to start when I get there. <laughs> me church. Y'all about, boy, I'll tell you what. Man, we can't do that. We won't have church for a long time, some of y'all. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all the truth. Y'all know I ain't scared of none of y'all. Coming up in here, it is, it's, it's, we getting ready to do the benediction. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I ain't, I ain't scared either. Get to work on time, just can't get here on time. All right, let me move on because I just saw the spirit just lifted. <laughs> Christopher Patrick Johnson, one of my mentors, you guys met him. He came to preach. He has a great book called The Fullness of Ministry. I would, I would ask that every Christian read that book. We have some on hand. He said this. He said the net represents the hearts, the lives, and the relationships of people. The hearts, the lives, and the relationships. If the hearts aren't mended and the lives aren't mended, if the relationships aren't mended, then we will never be an effective net. And when I say relationships, I'm not necessarily talking about in your marriage. I'm talking about relationships maybe between a brother and a sister or with your parents. It can be hard sometimes to reestablish those relationships or maybe with a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Mend those relationships. And you know why you, call, you do the calling? Because you're the most mature person. That's why you reach out first, right? Even, even if it goes south, then you know you did the right thing. Amen? And God will bless you for your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And so that's when, it, when we're talking about relationships, and sometimes we have to mend relationships in the church. Somebody got offended by somebody, but really that person wasn't even trying to offend them. They just mistook what happened. Right? And then sometimes there's truly an offense, right? Offense, offended, off-ended. That's what offense, you get offended because you get off-ended. Because most people that get offended, you get off-ended because you leave. Yeah. Right? You don't stay because staying is too hard. And a lot of times people don't stay because they don't want to repent. See, there it is. Jesus just walked in the door. <laughs> there, come on, Jesus. Come on back. He left for a minute. But he just walked back in because you got to go to the foot of the cross. Right? To mend some relationships, you got to go right to the cross. And then you got to say, I am nothing but a worm and no man. Jesus, I'm going to do this because I know it's the right thing to do. And the Bible said he's a reward of those who diligently seek after him. And you know you got a reward coming because you are obedient. It doesn't matter if the person was receptive or not. Amen. That's just like, that's just like asking for forgiveness, right? You, you do that not for them, right? You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. You want to be set free, right? It, 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 it's unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and then you expect another person to die. That's, that's what unforgiveness does. Because the poison is killing you. They're going on about their life, and you mad because they happy. No, no, no. You, you're doing it because you say, you know what? I'm not going to allow what you did to me to affect me any longer. I'm taking my life back over. 
and I'm taking the control back of my life, and I know what you did to me was wrong, but I forgive you anyway. You go on with your dirty self. No, you don't have to do it like that, but I mean, you know. <laughs> That's what you're thinking anyway, right? <laughs> Get on up out of here. You know? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, getting ready, I'm getting ready to overcome right now, right? I've allowed this situation to put me in a mood for too long that I know that mood wasn't for me. Listen, I believe Jesus Christ has so much compassion on people. It's because when he saw people in the condition that they were in, the first thing that came to his mind was, I did not design you to be sick. I, I, I didn't design you to be depressed. Amen. I, I, I want better for you. Come on, saints of God. Yeah. Come on now. He, he didn't design us to operate in some of this stuff. He didn't design us to be addicted to drugs. Amen. He didn't design our children to be addicted to drugs. Yes. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> the Bible said he had compassion on people. He said, man, what do you want from me? He asked one guy, he said, do you want to be healed? Why? Because I didn't design you to lay on a mat all of your life. (laughs) I designed better for you. I want to take you back to paradise. That's why he said, today you shall be with me in paradise. I want to take you back to the original design. Whoa, Jesus. And see, I make this personal because when I'm doing wrong, I, God speaks to me. He said, John, I didn't design you like that. Amen. I designed you better. I did, you're better. You're my son. I designed you to ask people for forgiveness. I designed you to be humble. Yes. Yes. If Jesus Christ came in humility, he was God. He is God. But he humbled himself even the death of the cross. And when you think you all that and the other because you got a title, you better check yourself. Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. We'll never be able to to go through what Jesus went through. Come on, saints of God. 39 lashes with a cat on nine tails. Beaten by 80 men or more in the praetorium. He still held on to that cross because he loved us enough. Oh, I wish I had four or five people to understand what I'm talking about right now. The Bible said that he proved his love towards us, that while we were yet sinning, he made a choice to die for us on a bloody cross. We'll never shed blood like Jesus. (laughs) No matter what you're going through right now, you'll never go through what Jesus went through for you. Just lift your hands right there. Just lift your hands and just begin to worship him right there. Just begin to worship him right there. Just begin to worship him right there. In the name of Jesus. In the na- come on, come on. Just worship him right there. In the name of the Lord of glory. Come on, saints of God. Right there, right there, right there. Just begin to worship him right there where you are. Come on, come on. In times when you know you were selfish, in times when you know you should have given all your whole heart to him, come on and stand to your feet and just give him some glory right now. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina 28079. 
or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.